Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello there. Welcome to Connect with County Leaders. On this month's show, we're joined again by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill, and we're going to talk budget. And you always know when there's not a lot of preamble about what we're going to get into, that means there's a lot we're going to get into. So, Mr. Hill, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here with us again. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jim. And again, you and your diet Dr. Pepper. That's right. we got to get them for a show sponsor or something. You know, I'm going to keep saying it until I see one on my side, all right? I'll I'll remember that in two months when you're back again. Okay, cool. That sounds great. (laughs) All right. We appreciate you being here. Busy schedule, a lot of stuff going on for you, but uh, busy um, budget year uh, again for Fairfax County and for you. A lot of stuff, a lot of meetings, a lot of community meetings, a lot of staff meetings, a lot of work that goes into putting this budget together. The budget finally went before the Board of Supervisors May 7th for passage. Um, Give a deep sigh and breath and relax, and then just say what first thing comes into your mind about the budget. Glad it's over? (laughs) Well, that is one thing I'm happy to say that I'm glad it is over, but I'm also happy to say that it's my second budget. That's right. And the things that we talked about during my first budget, our first budget, and culminated into our second budget so I can start to see the cycle moving forward. The things that we discussed in fiscal 19's budget Mm -hmm. absolutely came through during the process. And now when we go into fiscal 20, you know, we're looking at affordable housing and shared resources and in the environment, um, more collaboration and communication with the schools, early childhood. There were so many things in this budget that we talked about in the last year's budget. Mm -hmm. And I am just very happy for our county and the way we're moving us moving forward with our strategic planning efforts and and the and the, the outreach that all the staff are doing and the buzz that I'm hearing about the things and the changes that we're making. I'm pretty happy as a county mm-hmm. executive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the schedule that I have today, you know, um, we had to push this back a little bit because I was at another meeting that right. lasted a little longer than I anticipated. Right. But, you know, I am having, um, I wouldn't say a great time being the county executive, but I am having a very fruitful and, and, and good time doing it. But it's a lot of work, man. Yeah, but it sounds like a productive time. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of organizational change that have, that have happened and a, and a great budget that, that's passed, a lot of well, good stuff. it's never a great budget until you see the end of it. But mm-hmm. the first budget we presented was a, what I believe to be a very good budget. This one has the potential to be a great one. And how we're setting it up into fiscal 21, 22, and 23 mm-hmm. is even more challenging. However, it's also a challenge that we as a team will move forward with to show the, the residents of Fairfax County that we are putting things in place to move us ahead, move us ahead quickly, right. and to put us in a different place. Hmm. One thing I always have a hard time with, this is a fiscal year 2020 budget that is, starts July 1st, 2010. 2019. Tw- 2019. Mm-hmm. So I always get all that kind of confused because yeah. I'm a calendar year kind of guy. Yeah, calendar year, government ca- there's government year, right. calendar year, and then there's our fiscal year. Right. Uh, in the Commonwealth, your budget is July 1, year X. Mm. This year is going to be 2019 to June 30, 
2020. Mm-hmm. So the last year, the last date of the year, the last date is June 30, 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's first, why it's first FY year. 2020 budget, because when you go into the next one, it's going to be 21. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that confusing part for me that I've never, never understood. This has been going on, the budget that, that passed May 7th, has been going on at least on paper or on the website that, that has the budget timeline since November 27, 2018. But it goes way back further than that, as you've said. Did the, did the budget preparation for this one start the day after the last budget passed, or did was there a couple of days or a couple of weeks in between there? You know, the, the easy way to say it is as soon as I hit July 1, July 2nd, the next of that the, the next day we're starting our new budget. And we're also saying that the budget that we just passed is already different than the budget we just passed. The hmm. bottom line isn't different, but the valuations change. So our revenue projections are always something that we have to take into account. Anytime somebody sells or buys a house, the value changes here. Hmm. So we're guessing to understand what revenues we get in. And Joe Mondoro and his team have done an excellent job in pretty much guessing what happens from the revenue perspective to ensure that we have enough money to do the things that the board of supervisors would like to do during the throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But it's it's an it's an interesting process It's an intricate process. And it takes some time to understand all the nuances within. I mean, it's um, when you're dealing with nine billion dollars and four four point four billion dollars on the general fund side, and uh, another four point six on the uh, what, I, what I would call the uh, in, enterprise side. It, it takes a a lot of hands uh, to 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 understand where we're going to land, mm-hmm. and we basically look at that dial every day to make sure that we are tracking correctly. I was going to ask you how often are – Joe Mondora, by the way, chief financial officer. For yes, he fin- is, and I'm so sorry. That's okay. You mean those acronyms again. For you know. fin- well, you yeah. didn't even say the acronym this yeah. time. But, He's the wizard yeah, of finance. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> but, but they're looking at that stuff on a regular basis. It's not Every day. Every day. Uh, J- Joe Gilbert sends out reports, uh, activity reports to us every day about our investment income, our – and, and her team, as well as Chris Peach, director of finance. Okay, Sorry. thank you. Yeah, I had to slow down here because, you know, I get so excited <laughs> yeah. knowing that I know so many names there now. Right. But they send out documents. They send out information on it every day. Um, Albana Azanoff sends out financial reports. She goes through them as well. We are always looking from a day-to-day process. And you know what, what was troubling this year is where we had a government shutdown for 30-plus days. Mm. You know, I'm still trying to understand the effects of that, not only on next year's budget, but on mm. this year's budget, mm-hmm. because people would would tend to stop spending if they don't have work. I True. would think. I mean, True. that's what I would do. Right. Um, and we have a pretty hefty amount of federal employees and contractors that live in Fairfax County. Right. And so that is a multi-year ripple, if you will? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Because people get behind, and how do you pay when you get behind? You put it on credit. Right. And then how long does it take you to pay your credit off so you have to alter your spending? Long time. Yeah, so it tends to it tends to be a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. The county can't put stuff on credit. Is that right? We, we, have, we have to have a balanced budget? 
On the on the operational side, we have to have a balanced budget. On the capital side, we do borrow money, okay. and i.e. credit, and we pay down the debt. Okay. All right. What was the highlight of the budget this year for you? Uh, there are several things. Um, when I look at outside of Fairfax County, and I look at the F- Fairfax County public school system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a fully funded budget for the second year in the row. Now, when I say fully funded. That is a terminology that is provided to me from the superintendent. I hand him the budget, and I said, this is what we can do. He then says, we are fully funded. So we were able to, hmm. to address some, um, some salary concerns that he had with his teachers as they were falling behind our region. So he is in a place now that he believes he's marketable and if not better than many of the folks around the region. In, in, in my simple way of looking at things, Fairfax County is the best county in the region, so we should be um, able to, to pay the, the, the teachers to allow them to stay with us and right. move forward. So we are looking to ensure that our collaboration and communication uh, continues with the school district. However, with every time there's a fully funded budget, I'm also looking for the superintendent to showcase how he's able to economize and become more efficient mm-hmm. and do things a little differently. Um, I, I have an outstanding challenge to him, as well as all of our team inside of Fairfax County. You know, save a penny, then we can reinvest a penny. And a penny a penny in assessed value to us is about $25 million. That's, that's, that's incredible when you, <laughs> yeah. when you let that sink in or figure yeah. it out that way, just saving a penny. Yeah, and on the, on the, on the, on the Fairfax County side, <clears throat> You know, there's several things that come to mind. Um, affordable housing initiative, uh, the Board of Supervisors has put forward five, mm-hmm. $5 million towards uh, creating more opportunities for affordable housing. But the bigger plan is we're going to use economic opportunity zones. We're going to look and see how much land we have that, own, that is owned by Fairfax County, overlay those with economic opportunity zones, and then incentivize it so we can forward forward these to to investors and or developers to forward us with affordable housing. So there's a plan that I've been working on in place with uh, supervisors, well, all the supervisors um, who have the economic opportunity zone d- distinctions. Um, the Drainsville has Mason District um, with Supervisor Gross, Drainsville with Supervisor Faust. Um, we have one in Hunter Mill with Supervisor Hudgens, and we have several we have one in Lee, and we have several in Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in Lee with Supervisor McKay and several in Mount Vernon with Supervisor uh, Stork. So we're looking at changing the model a little bit because we're still trying to understand all the tax implications mm-hmm. and ability for us to incentivize based upon a new tax structure that we have okay. um, by our federal government. Um, I'm also happy to report that the MRA is at 2.1%, not 2.5, but 2.1. And I do apologize. Um, When I get board guidance, my first and foremost thing is to fill out the board guidance. And when I got to the bottom of the board guidance, we had availability of about 1% for staff. Mm -hmm. Staff have to understand that when we do the budget, it's with six-month numbers. So when I propose the budget, I do expect a change going forward, but I don't know how much of a change. Okay, and the gotcha. one thing as the county executive and as a CFO, Joe Mondora, you never want to say you have a dollar on January 1st 
and then come back on March 1st and say, well, that dollar is actually 90 cents. So you just lost 10 cents. We don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be somewhat conservative in how we propose um, the county executive's budget. So the Board of Supervisors has some uh, movability to ensure that they can do all the things that they need to do or tell us what they don't want to do. Gotcha. We're on the Connect with County Leaders podcast with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill and um, kind of a distinction or explanation here I'm going to let you do for me. The proposed or advertised budget, as it's called, is what you present to the board. Then there's six weeks, eight weeks, a lot of time in between for community meetings, homeowners association meetings, board of supervisors meetings, budget meetings, et cetera, a lot of community input, et cetera. Then it goes before the board to do what it's called a markup, which is essentially final agreement, if you will. But then the the board comes back to vote on it like a week later, May 7th this year. So in that process, you present something. Then there's negotiations, meetings, things that are going, things that are changing. Because as, as you were talking about market rate adjustment, your budget had 1%. And as you said, the board had uh, – um, passed to 2.1%. So talk a little bit about that logistical part in between proposed and passed, and then I want to go specifically into a couple of things you mentioned, environment, economic, affordable housing, that kind of thing. Well, proposed and passed, again, um, when I sign off on sending the budget forward, um, we have we have basically looked at our budget in a conservative standpoint. Uh, again, we have to look at our revenue numbers mm-hmm. and our expenditure numbers and figure out what we can afford. Um, I'm all about living within our means, and I do not want to put forward a budget that mortgages the future. Right. So I will be ultra-conservative in how I present the budget with the hope that the revenue numbers are coming in a little bit better. And we we trended over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much know what's happening as assessed values go up, new businesses come in. I mean, when you look at the Providence District, you have two and a half million square feet of office or commercial space being erected. That's going to flip your residential f- commercial um, split from 5149 to probably 5149 commercial residential as opposed to residential commercial. Those are the types of things that we look at as we move forward with what's going on in Mount Vernon with the BRT, um, BRT. bus rapid. Okay. Bus rapid transit. I got you. Okay. I got you. I got you. You know, I, I'm, I'm watching you because you, you looked at me like, all right, you know, I had the wide eyes. What are you talking about? (laughs) But it gives us the opportunity to bring in more commercial into that district as well with Fort Belvoir down there. And the amount of folks that go through route one, that is something that we're also looking at. And then you look at Sully district who. Who's ten percent of our assessed value in the in the county? They got some nice things going on as well. So we have a lot of things going on, and what are, what we're trying to do is diversify where everything is, so we have a little bit more of a balance as we look at that one Fairfax concept. So the team, uh, Joe Mondoro, CFO, uh, Rachel Flynn, who is our new deputy county executive. I think you had her on last month. She was on last month. And Tisha Deegan, who's a deputy county executive for Health and Human Services, who provisions a lot of the services that we uh, we need with our budget, and and uh, Dave Rohr in public safety. We're looking at a multitude of things to see how we can 
blend everything and have Fairfax become one Fairfax as well as an equitable and social affair, one mm-hmm. Fairfax. You mentioned commercial versus uh, residential, 51, 49, 49, 51, flipping this way, yeah. that way. For county residents listening right now, what's more beneficial for them affecting their bottom line with the county budget? Does the county, I don't want to say make money, but does, does the county's budget impacted more by residential or commercial? Uh, the county's budget is impacted more by commercial. Um, residential is people, like you and I, so we need services, uh, schools, EMS, police. Residential also needs, um, but resident. sorry, so commercial, but commercial needs people. Mm-hmm. So you gotta have a kind of a balance in right. effect because you can't be successful commercial if you don't have the people. Well, we have 1.2 million people, so commercial is gonna be pretty successful here. I'm just working on with Rachel Flynn and all the board members of where we drop commercial at within our county to ensure that there's an equitable balance. Okay. Um, as you mentioned, we, we had Deputy County Executive Flynn on last month. I'd encourage folks to go back and listen to that, fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast, or you can go to soundcloud.com slash fairfaxcounty and, and listen to that podcast. Economic development, economic growth. I think there was funding uh, in the budget for the Economic Development Authority with the county. How does how how does that work? <laughs> what what is what are we looking at economically trying to do? Get businesses. Uh, you know what we're really trying to do. That's yes. what I ask you. <laughs> yes, we're trying to get businesses, but we're also trying to ensure that we have with the schools the right complement of children that are being trained to fill those jobs. And want with the colleges, we ask them to bring the kids back. So. Speaking with Scott Braybrand, ensuring that we have the curriculum that keeps the kids here that don't want to go to college, that they can they have a job here. And then I talked to um, Angel, Dr. Angel Cabrera at George Mason. What can I do to keep these children, these young folks? I can't call them children anymore. Right, right. What can I do to keep them here? Because in our, in our tech world, we have job openings. We have a lot of job openings. So um, the chairman of the Economic Development Authority, Kathy Lang, came and made a proposal to for a million dollars and basically a marketing campaign to showcase what types of jobs we have available in our area. Hmm. Kathy Riley, who is the acting um, acting executive director, took place at Jerry Gordon, is starting to change the mindset of how we go about it. We're not looking at the big box because 200,000 businesses in Fairfax County have less than 50 people employed. Hmm. So you have to really think about it. Is Fairfax County about the big box or is it about the small small business? And we're really about the small business. So we have to figure out how to get folks in here to help the small businesses content, ma- maintain mm-hmm. their presence and their footprint. And that's where we're really spending some time on. Hmm. And Rachel Flynn has some great ideas. Right. Um, she works with her team, Megan Kiefer's looking at small business. So we're really trying to change the envelope. Think about it a little differently. The big boxes, yeah, you drop Amazon here, we're good. Yeah, they're gonna, they're probably going to come anyway regardless. We're going to get what we get from Amazon. Right. But the question is what do we do to maintain and, and, and maintain the folks that we have here because that's the lifeblood. Mm-hmm. So you bring all these businesses, you work with the small businesses, you you get the economy robust and growing. Hopefully people um, will want to live where they work, uh, which means housing yes, and affordable housing, yes. which I think was a big piece of this year's budget. 
Well, affordable housing is a piece of this year's budget. We're going through an affordable housing um, strategic plan, phase two. And once that is complete, we're going to be able to look and see where we place housing, how we incentivize housing, because we got to be in partnership with developers. And we also have to believe this. We also have to talk about LDS, Land Development Services, and what things we can do to streamline our process to allow us to build the houses necessary and build them in an affordable fashion that will allow folks to be able to rent or own mm -hmm. these affordable housing. So we have a plan, um, but I'm still working a lot of the tax loopholes. I'm working with a lot of um, not-for-profits that mm. go out and help us figure out what these mm -hmm. loopholes are in the mm -hmm. ta not loopholes but how we work within I guess well I no more so how we work within the tax the, the current tax structure mm. because it's a little different you know when I plugged in my numbers and I realized that my three boys really didn't help me this year <laughs> I wanted to give them away right you know <laughs> they, they probably wouldn't go for that I would no think. I don't think so yeah um what was it? Uh, somewhere in my notes, uh, five million dollars to kickstart the housing blueprint. Yes. What? What? But what? that's that's just a, that's just a, 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 a some money to move us a little bit closer. Now there is a group that was set up by Sharon Boulevard, Boulevard. Sorry, Boulevard. Like, <laughs> she hasn't gone yet, and I still can't. I, I need to know her name. Um, Chairman Boulevard set up a group um, on housing, and they really wanted 15,000 homes in 15 years. Mm. So we're, we're at 5,000 homes in 15 years. That's the low-end goal. We're really trying to figure out a strategic plan to get 15 and 15. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start at 5 and see how all these things intersect to allow us to build to that 15,000. Believe it or not, we're still short 40,000 when we do the 15th. By 2040, there will you will need 50,000 homes that wow. are considered affordable, and what? it and it ranges from the um, it ranges from 60% MI to 100%. So it depends on the level of funding or money that you make right. on a yearly basis, based upon what our average median income is, MI. Okay. In Fairfax County, and we have a very large median income, right. high. Right. So we have to slot 60, 80 percent of that, put you at a place, and then we will allow folks or have folks living in affordable housing. Who, if it's a hundred thousand and their family makes sixty, there it's sixty percent. We slot them into there. Mm -hmm. So we have to work a little bit more diligently. Last question on this, because I know we need to move on to some other the other things, but. When you say affordable housing, isn't there a stigma to to that? Do do people think I I don't want affordable housing in my neighborhood? They'll bring the property values down or something. I don't I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Is there a is there some kind of stigma about affordable housing? I think when you say public housing, that stigma would back in the day when you and I were growing up, it was Section Eight housing. Um, that was a stigma, but you know. Just around the corner from the government center, we have a uh, affordable housing complex, and nobody knows it's even there. Hmm. It looks just like any other mm -hmm. housing complex. It actually looks better than the one I live in. <laughs> so stigma, I, I, I'm not here to think about stigma. I'm here about creating a path for one Fairfax and ensuring that anybody that wants to live here can. Mm -hmm. um, 
environment that oh, was yeah. also part of the part of the budget and i think a couple of uh, actual positions were created as well as a new office of environmental and energy coordination i believe yes sir and what we've done um, we've taken some existing positions of five and we're going to put them into this one unit but we also have the board's blessing to um, hire two other folks to be the executive director in an environmental coordinator position so we are taking from internal resources, because I've always said I, li- I, I, I like to be able to develop capacity without expending more than we have. Hmm. So we have worked it so we can move people and move things around with our organizational changes. It's an opportunity for some other folks to showcase environmental sustainability, among other things, looking at our carbon footprint. And moving it forward, uh, Supervisor Stork put together a board matter. Um, with that board matter, it gives us a blueprint of where we're moving and how we're moving forward. And we will get there with this, with this group of, mm. of, of talented people. Um, but we, Fairfax County, have to figure out where we want to be in the environmental and energy components. Um, and I call this... A mindset. Where do we want to take it, and how much can we do, and how much can we push business to look at green and and, and, and moving it forward in that way? And it's going to take a lot for us to put things in place and a lot of communication to allow us to show that why this is good and why we're moving in this. What 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 are some examples on or, or things that we're that we're sure. looking at? Um, sure, um, I'll give you one quick one. Mm-hmm. Is solar panels a good thing on all of our buildings? We're looking at solar to do the electricity in our buildings. We have a lot of buildings. You think about the school system. If we're able to put solar panels on every school, we should be able to cut their their energy usage down significantly, Mm -hmm. which means that I can then really start taking those funds and applying them to things that they really need. could be renovation. could be teacher salaries. It could be computers in the schools. I mean, so we have to we have to figure out ways to build the capacity to allow our our system to move forward. Mm-hmm. We can't always we cannot always look at a tax increase. We have to look at what we can do to become more efficient mm-hmm. and to move it forward in that fashion. Oftentimes, Fair, uh, people say Fairfax County is not on the leading edge or the bleeding edge. Um, do you think we're on the forefront, at least with environmental stuff and the energy stuff? Well, I disagree with people saying that. I mean, I I was in a conversation the other day, and they said, yeah, we, we we're going to do uh, sustainable footprints. And um, they did not know I was from Fairfax County. And I asked them, well, where are you getting your information from? Oh, we get it from Fairfax County. Hmm. All right. Um, when we do affordable housing, where do you get your information from? Well, I like the way Fairfax County is doing it. <laughs> right. So, you know, people say that about us, um, but yet there are some things that I want to move forward um, from an IT perspective. Um, if we can get a little bit more creative in how we do things, I think it will allow us to do things in a most efficient and allow us to use funds in different areas. And right. it could be even salary compensation. Hmm. Okay. An- another couple of quick things. Uh, diversion first. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Well, Supervisor Cook, that's his baby, and he's leaving us, um, unfortunately, from the Braddock District. Uh, We are looking, we have a 1,200-unit detention center. Uh, We've been notoriously down in the 900 to 1,000 
range since we started diversion first, and it's taking low-level offenders offenses and seeing if there is a mental component, mental health component, and diverting them. And what has happened is the frequent flyers are no longer are no longer frequent flyers hmm. because now we've addressed identified and addressed their needs and they're not coming back to this to the to, to the detention center right. and they're not committing the crimes so we are really looking to see um, how we move that forward but what's more important we're a part of the NACO uh, lab and we're looking at profiles to say all right if you have these five characteristics how much does it cost to divert you out of a program and then we track them over a period of time hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of it's got some, got some neat things coming down the chute, and I'm right. supr- I'm I'm un- it's unfortunate that Supervisor Cook won't be here to uh, to 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 work with us on it, but I'm hopeful that you know as he goes back into his law firm and goes back into normal civilian life, uh, he doesn't come after us too bad right. when we do something wrong. <laughs> right. But you know he will. Right. I know him. <laughs> Uh, important point here, advertised residential real estate tax rate of $1.15 per $100 assessed value uh, remains? Yes, sir. Okay. So great news there. Excellent news there. <laughs> okay. Um, anything I haven't gotten to that was on our list of, of subjects here? I've got papers all in front of me, and I am keep writing notes, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've missed something. That's important that we want to talk about here. Well, what I really want to talk about is I I really want to thank the staff, um, the staff of Fairfax County for doing all the hard work that they have been doing. I mean, it doesn't go unappreciated by me. Um, I'm trying my best to get to every staff member at least to do one thing and say hello and thank you. Uh, Please, if you're in the hallways and you see somebody, smile, say hello. I mean, Jim, there's not a time when you walk by and I don't say something to you, even if you're, right. even if you're swigging on your Diet Dr. Pepper. That's right. Um, you and know. trying not to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, where to, I know where to find you. That's right. Um, please, please note when, I'm, when we do the county executive trek, which is um, we just had, please come out and join us. I mean, my thing is if we are not on the same page we can't move Fairfax County forward. The strategic planning process the board has adopted, get involved. Don't complain about not being involved when I'm giving you, we are giving you the opportunity to be involved. That is what we're trying to bring to get the buzz back and get the creative juices flowing. But the most important thing is your family is first. Please take care of your families. If you can't take care of your families, you're no good to us here at Fairfax County. Mm. Go home, take care of what you need to take care of. Get that 100% correct, and then come to work. I, I sit at home with my 83-year-old mom. If she's not right, I'm not right. right. I'm going to tell you that right now. And you're, and still your empty fish tank? Empty fish tank, which I have to clean. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty <laughs> how, disgusting. How does that work when it's I empty? I do not know. I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> All right. County Executive Brian Hill will be back with us in a couple of months. Uh, the uh, let's see, January, February, March, April, May. This is the May issue, so June issue. Deputy County Executive uh, Dave Rohr, Public Safety. Oh, that uh, should be County. fun. He'll be here with us, and then you'll be back the following month. So can't wait to, <laughs> to talk with you about summertime issues, if you will. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, and I look forward to being back here again. And thank you ever so much. And and, and Rob, thank you for doing all this. You guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. And uh, again. Dr. Diet, Dr. Pepperman. That's me. All right, buddy. That's it. <laughs> County, uh, Connect with County uh, Leaders Podcast with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Connect with County Leaders Podcast. 
To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune into Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.